Welcome along to the latest edition of On The Wire, the official podcast of the PDC, coming to you directly from the Ladbrook.com World Championship at the Alexander Palace. In this edition, we'll talk to Raymond Van Barneveld as he launches his bid for a sixth world title, Terry Jenkins to Colin Osborne and to Steve Brown, and to the 1983 world champion, Keith Keller, who stopped by for a chat with On The Wire. Let's hear from Raymond Van Barneveld. He's safely through to round two after beating Steve Hine three sets to one. But Barney lost the opening set of the match and it was a tough night, as he told Dan Dawson afterwards. Steve gave me a lot of pressure in the first three sets. Even in the last set, uh, I was 2-0 up, but he managed to get the other two legs and um, it was an important fifth leg because if, if, if you don't win that, it's going to be all the way, you know, 2-2-2 two, 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 and uh, the darts with him. So... These early rounds, you know, in the World Championship, it doesn't matter which tournament you play, these are always hard. You saw you saw Phil's match, you saw Whitlock, you saw um, Kevin Payter got out, John Plard got out, Costumpe got out. Uh, he's a World Cup winner, you know, Costumpe, and everyone was, was thinking uh, he's going to do it maybe this year, maybe he's going to be in the top eight or top four, but at the end he lost. Um, so... You only can be happy with uh, with the win, and um, yeah, if it's three one or three 0 or three two, it doesn't matter. Is it quite good though, just uh, rather than breeze through and not have to find some good darts, to actually get a bit of a reminder that you are in this Labrooks.com World Championship? Yeah. You will need to play some good stuff. I know that that sometimes if if I wave too much to the crowd, and that costs you energy, you know, costs you focus. Uh, I did not do that tonight. Um, I felt sorry for them because they, they deserve to have a way from Barney, but um, they have to understand that, um, that that you have to perform well. You have to have you have to focus, you know. And, and um, it's not easy first round. Um, I hope the next round is going to be much better. Now tomorrow we leave England and then. Uh, we, uh, we're going to be back uh, in, in Holland um, celebrating Christmas and then uh, we'll be back here on the 27th and then uh, prepare very good and then see what happens uh, against Kevin McDonald. How are you feeling about your darts? Obviously you and co went and won the World Cup. It was yeah. a, a good good victory for you. Yeah. How are you, fe- you feeling confident? You're playing some good stuff. Do you feel that a run to the I'm, finals I'm, on the I'm cards? very confident. If you see me me practicing backstage, you know, and on the practice boards, there's 140s, 180s, 125s, it's all over the place, you know. But um, it's not that someone is playing against you, you know. So it, it's you need a rhythm. You, you hit a 140, you walk back. 100, you walk back, 180, but you forgot that it's, it's a rhythm game, you know, uh, you hit 100 and then your opponent is, you know, so, and, and Steve, Steve played really well in the first two, three sets and I was thinking, oh no, here we go again, uh, sometimes I'm missing one or two dots at the double and he hits them. Uh, important finish was that 76 in that third leg in the, in the third set, so that, that turned the game. Who do you see as your main threats in this tournament? I mean, there's obviously obviously the usual one, but I mean, are there anybody else that you, you're Everyone. thinking? Everyone. Everyone is, yeah. Really. Um, you know, last last year I didn't drop a set to the semi-finals. What makes you that, you know? It doesn't matter. You lost the semi-finals 6-5 to Whitlock, so it doesn't matter. Uh, every round, Kevin McDyne next round, 
I don't know what his average was tonight, but it doesn't matter, you know. You have to prepare really well if you're playing Phil Taylor. You have to prepare a play Phil Taylor tonight. When, when it doesn't matter who you play. One of the matches of the first round was Terry Jenkins against Joe Cullen. Jenkins cruised into a two sets to the lead before young gun Cullen staged a thrilling comeback, levelling at 2-2 and being cheered on by Freddie Flintoff in the Sky Sports commentary box. Jenkins eventually edged home in the end and we hear from both men now. I was still confident I was going to win that match. I was 2-0 up and I was too confident I was going to win it 3-0. I felt a little bit sorry for Joe really and... I shouldn't. I should have just gone up there and just tried to rip his head off three sets to nil. And he started coming back. He came back well. Fair play to him. He came back well. But I still felt confident as long as I could hold me through. And even in the last, the last set, I knew I could break him one leg and and win that last set if it went to the last set. What do you think it is that got you through that deciding set? Because you did pull out some good stuff to book your place in the last 32 of this Labux.com World Championship. What is it up there that you had that Joe didn't? I think it's just the determination and uh, the experience in the Premier League. Joe, Joe's not used to the crowd shouting and jeering. and uh, The crowd was against me a lot there, which probably uh, I've learned to, to feed off that. I'd rather the crowd against me than for me sometimes. When the crowd's against me, I can um, concentrate more and, and, and battle for the leg. Sometimes it's too easy. The crowd are, are cheering too much for you and you're trying too much for the crowd instead of trying for yourself. And I think when, the, when Joe started coming back, the crowd were on Joe's side and that helped me, that helped me win that match. How important is this tournament to you, Terry? Because obviously you've not had the greatest success in the past, certainly for a man of your ability and ranking. What constitutes a success for you this year? I think the only reason I haven't done well in this competition because it's over the Christmas period. Um, I'm not really interested in darts over the Christmas period. I'd rather be at home, to be honest. But I've made up my mind this year that I want to try and do well in this. And I've just forgotten Christmas is there, to be honest. Uh, like I haven't in the past me and, me and my wife have gone shopping and, and done what we've got to do but this year I haven't done that I've been on the practice board and I've put a bit of practice in and I think that's making a difference to me this year So have you had a look at the draws are you thinking like who you can meet later on or are you just taking it game at a time uh, You've got to take it a game at a time it's no good, it's no good looking to see who you've got it's um, I, ne- I never really look I never really look. I just every every person that plays up there, like Joe, Joe just proved there. I mean, it's his first time on TV, and that was a, as hard a game as you're going to get. In the end, Joe played brilliant there. That was as as good as John Part, as good as Dennis Priestley. You could, so it's no good taking. It's no good looking at the draw and thinking, oh, I've got an easy draw because there is no easy draw. How are you feeling about your next match then? I'll just take it as it comes, really. I'm just going to get up there. I know I'm feeling good this year, and I'm not saying no more. I'd rather just get up there and get on with it. Joe, thanks for talking to us. I know it's not easy when, when you've just lost a game. Um, what are your emotions when, when you come off? Do you think I'm disappointed or proud of the way that you fought back and hung in there and gave him a game in the end? No, I'm devastated. Absolutely devastated. My own fault early on. You can't miss that many doubles early on. It just That's, that's what cost me, ultimately. But Terry's not to blame for that. He did what he had to do, and... I just it's my own fault no one else's yeah did you feel nervous at the start and you know obviously the, the longer you go without winning a leg and the longer you go without hitting a double it gets tougher doesn't it no, I genuinely didn't feel nervous genuinely I thought 
I wasn't nervous before I got up, but I thought that I'd be nervous when I got up there and I just want and I think if I would have been nervous, I think yeah. that'd have been a bit of an advantage for me, but just genuinely what nervous and I don't, I don't know, I just like I say, try to build on it, but it's hard, it's hard to say it when you miss that many doubles. Yeah, having said all that, you've got back to two all and suddenly you're banging the game all of a sudden and then he actually did produce a couple of really good legs you know, at the start of that final set. It wasn't so much that he produced a couple of good legs, I sort of let him because the last, the last set, I thought he'd gone, genuinely thought he'd gone and I was just trying a bit too hard, just to put one big score in and I had to try and work what I get in, so like I say, he did what he had to do. Straight after the match, obviously, you know, disappointment to your emotion, but I'm sure you'll look back in a, in a few days' time that, right, A, you've got here, B, you've got the experience of the big stage, and C, you're going to learn from that and be a better player next time you come back next year, hopefully. Hopefully I will, hopefully I will, but that's it. I mean, it's hard to take, but that's it. Give it 10, 20 minutes, something like half an hour, and I'll be all right then. And just, that's it. We're still a bit raw, so... Just get over, I'll get over it. I'll get over it. Three Dutch players took to the hockey on Tuesday night, but only one made it through to the second round. Vincent van der Voort. Mensa Sulevich dumped Michael van Gerwen out in the opening match before Bristol's Steve Brown pulled off an impressive scalp in the shape of Jelle Klaassen. He spoke to Dan Dawson afterwards. It's just a huge monkey off my back now. and you know, I feel I've got the tools to, to do the job, and um, now I'm just developing the mindset. So it's, uh, yeah, it's great, yeah, of, of, from the top of the world. And it's not just the uh, the fact that you've won here at this Labrooks.com World Championship. The manner of you win was pretty good. Yeah, to be honest, I, mean, I have great respect for Yellow. He's a, he's a real nice, you know, I'll say young man. He's not much younger than me, but um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a class act. And obviously he's got pedigree with the, being a world champion and all the, all the experience of playing in the Premier League. So I knew it was a tall order today, but um, I felt coming into it, my preparation was absolutely fantastic. Um, I was buzzing and I, I, fancy, I fancied budding. What's it mean to actually make the last 32 of this tournament now? That's been great. And, uh, you know, I, I set my target at the end of the, uh, beginning of the year to get into the top 32. I mean, I'm same as daft, uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one, perhaps one game away from that. Um, I'm only four games away from being world champion, so that's the way I feel. And, you, I mean, you're evidently confident. You think you can go a long way in this tournament? Yeah, look in front of me. There's nobody I haven't beat or I can't beat. So, you know... Um, Without running away with myself, I don't want it to come across as being arrogant. I'm just confident, but um, yeah, there's, there's, you know, I'm not going to slag Phil off because he's he's the reason I play darts. But um, you know, he's not on great form, and everybody else in the field, I'm more than capable of beating. So I'm not, not worried at all. Legends of the game sat down for a chat before the action on Wednesday as Rod Harrington asked Keith Geller about his time in the game and how he intends to turn Adrian Lewis into a major title winner as his new manager. Well, the 1983 World Championship winner, uh, Keith Geller, joins me. Keith, it's a long time ago now, but it, it must be still very fresh in your memory beating uh, Eric Bristow in that final. Definitely. I mean, you still think of the day. I always remember getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning, breakfast at... Half past seven on the practice board. No one came down until about 9.30, so I like, I like to get there, try and practice really hard, and then, you know, start building up for, for the match. And that's what I was like every day at the Worlds. You know, it was the first time I ever played on TV, so I wasn't sure how good I'd do, whether I'd be under pressure, my bottle would go, but it never. I went the other way, thank God. I loved being up there, and I couldn't wait to play on TV. So, great memories. It's... Um, you know, it's nice that, you know, when the 138 comes up and people commentate and remember it and 
you know, and people still remember me, spring-loaded dart that I threw at the time. So it's, it's great, you know, it's, whenever the World Championships comes along, you know, I've got fond memories. Well, there's, there's certain players that uh, have stayed in the game a long time. Some of them come in and go out after a short space of time. That must be, well, 30 years now you've been in this game. You know, your appetite for the game, because you still play on the Legends Tour and you still do a lot of exhibitions. You know, what, what gives you the appetite to keep going? It's the buzz of playing under pressure. You know, I mean, I, I don't play on the circuit anymore because basically I'm not good enough, you know. And, uh, you know, and I envy the boys who... You know, get up there at the World Championships this year. You know, I mean, if I could, I'd still be doing the PDC circuit, but I wouldn't be. I'd be making the numbers up. You know, now uh, myself and Eric, we're doing a lot of these Riley's challenges, and we're playing PDC boys, and uh, you know, not the top boys, obviously, but you know, boys that are on the fringes. And I love it. You know, it's a great buzz. You still enjoy playing under pressure, and you know, I still like. I find it hard to practice like five hours a day, but. You know, when I, if I have to practice or something, I'll still put two or three hours in. But, you know, I enjoy being, you know, being part of Sky now, which is brilliant. I'm at all the tournaments, you know, and, you know, and you say it's it's a great time to be a top player now with, you know, with the money that the PDC are putting into the boys. And, you know, when I was the world champion, you really couldn't be a millionaire at the game. Now, you know, thanks to what Barry's done, Barry Hearn and PDC, two years, they could be world uh champion a couple of times and be set for life yeah I agree I mean we, we have talked a lot um, at tournaments because we meet up at all quite a bit you know about the conduct and attitude of players and, and what really the 14 players did in the early 90s to give all these people a chance of being millionaires and uh, a lot of uh, names come up now one name that comes up Adrian Lewis we all say he's got the greatest of talent perhaps not the right attitude now now you, you're his manager you know, what are you going to do to turn Adrian Lewis round from the, the guy that everybody says is great talent, should be a world champion, to actually being that world champion? Well, I can't tell him how to throw a dart because he's that, he's that good. I mean, as you say, we, you've said it, Rod, and, and every commentator has said it and every expert on darts has said that natural ability, you know, there's, there's not many in front of him, you know. But um, at the end of the day, I, I always say to Adrian, being a great player in it and stacks of 180s and it doesn't make you a champion, it's preparation at the events I said that when I first went with Adrian he jokes around a lot which just his nature he is that way he likes to have a joke and a bit of fun and I could never understand that when you're practicing for a tournament and you know when he used to come on walk on he used to run sort of run up on and I didn't think that was good I just said to Adrian look watch always watch how the top players do it because they're the ones who pick the trophy up if you watch the likes of Phil Barney all these boys they don't mix they just practice. They'll be polite to the players, which is what you've got to be. But that's as far as it should go. You should be concentrating. And when I went and saw him on the first game against Tony Eccles, you know, I said, uh, you know, you haven't got to speak to your opponent. You can just acknowledge. Then you should be concentrating on the dartboard. You should be practicing what you think you need to at that time. And he did that, and, and he did really well. And I just think things like that, Rod, are simple. But you've got to put them into, you know, what you say. You've got to put it into practice. And you know, in the day that there'd be always be great players in every sport, but if they haven't got the attitude right, they're not going to win. And you know, and I think Adrian knows that he had to change, and he is trying to do that now. And I think it can only benefit him. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree, as we've spoke about a lot. Um, you know, the, the game has changed an awful lot from, say, when you first come into the game, you know, into the, like, the late 80s, early 90s when I come in the game, and it's changed an awful lot since the breakaway to now. Do you feel that the game now has got to go to another level with professionalism? I know I go on TV and I, when I'm interviewed I say it all the time. But do you think, you know, you've been in the game 30 years, do you think that these players now have got to start looking at it as a professional job, look at other professional sports, you know, to sustain what we've got and to get better? Because we do see a lot of players that just treat it like a, a beano, really, to be quite honest. Yeah, I agree. I think that, um, I'll give you an example, is I went and saw Adrian at Crondon Park and they're playing all day and, and you know, they're playing, the top players are playing each other and then... You know, towards the semi-finals, they're all sitting down shattered. And, you know, what you said, you have sort of, you know, got that across a lot, that, you know, fitness. And the boys really do understand now. I mean, there's different to us. When we played, when I first played, we had about eight tournaments a year. I mean, they've got 42 weeks a year now, every weekend, two tournaments a weekend. So, and that's just them. What about the TV tournaments? So they've got so much darts now, and they're long days, because it's the mental side of it as well. I don't think they understand that, a lot of the players. They think it's just a case of getting up there and throwing. The more you're under pressure, you're going to tire. So again, fitness will come into it, and, and I agree. I think that we're at a situation now where the players, they've got to look at it as a business. It's not a hobby. You know, If it wants to be a hobby, then some of the players, unfortunately, it will be a hobby to 85% of the field. But to the, if you want to be a winner, you've got to treat it as a business, and, you know, if you want to be successful, you have to be professional. And I think a lot of players, what I see going around, um, can do a lot more, you know, and uh, they've got to start treating it with a lot more respect. Well, certainly, as I said, you know, you've been very professional in, in the whole of your career since you won it in 83. Uh, and the proof of that is you, you're still working very hard. You still get sponsors in. And obviously, the, the obvious route for you was moving into management because you are, you know, a hard worker and you get on the phone a lot. Do you intend to take on any more players and, and start up a management company? Or is it just taking on AD to see how it goes and, and how you can adapt to it? No, yeah, I think I'll just be with Adrian, really, because um, I'm still doing my own promotions, as you say, you know. Uh, I do a lot of stuff with Eric and Russ Bray, you know, and, you know, I mean, we've got 100 shows next year. So, you know, Adrian, to me, is... Um, I want to put all my energies and efforts into Adrian, hopefully to see him win the major titles, um, you know, maybe 10 years down the line, who knows. But, you know, it's, it's not as easy as people think. You've really got to concentrate hard because I whatever I do I like to do right and you know and I just want to see Adrian pick up major titles and I'm happy with that you know other players you know they get managers you know they've just got to try your best but no I'm, I'm enjoying my life um, I enjoy still playing that takes up a good time of year and, and I'm enjoying I get a buzz watching Adrian you know nerve-wracking it's like I'm playing but you can't do nothing about it when you're watching so I'm just happy and I just concentrate on Adrian. Colin Osborne will face Jamie Caven after Christmas after they beat Chris Thompson and Devon Peterson respectively and both men give their thoughts. It was, it's, it's, I mean, it's the festival in the World Championships, you know, there's, there's no mugs in this game and everyone's eager to play darts. But it's nice to get that fest game out of the way and obviously I can go back home now, enjoy my Christmas dinner, you know, relax and obviously get ready for when I come back after Christmas. Just in terms of how your year's gone how important is it for you to do well at this Labbooks.com World Championship it, it, it's massively important you know I mean I've, I've not 
I've not had the best of years, and that's I think that's down to myself for not performing, you know. But it's uh, I mean, every competition is there's always another one next week, and there's one next week, you know. But I mean, this is a world championships. Everybody wants to do well here, you know. And there's so many brilliant players who're not in it. But obviously, I am, and I'm, I'm past the first round now, so I want to kick on, you know. And I'm I'm here, I'm here, I'm in it to win it, you know. And I believe I can win it if I play me 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 best darts. Yeah, I mean, with some of your performances that we've seen in big tournaments and, and some of the wins you've had, you'll be feeling that I'm a player who wants to be top eight, I want to be in the Premier League, I want to be winning titles like this. Um, you've ranked 14 at the moment. Where are you going to find that extra kick from? Is it something like this that can change that for you? Uh, it, it, it's a, the game we play, it's, it's a confidence game. You know, I mean, we're all as good as each other. It's consistency and that comes... It's confidence, you know, and if you're winning, winning breeds confidence. And obviously, I've won, I'm through the first round, you know, but over the last couple of years, you know, I've shown my ability that I can mix it with the big boys, so to speak, you know. Like, I believe I'm, I, I'm, I'm well inside the top eight. If I play my year game, I, I, that, that's where I believe I belong, you know. And like you say, it's a World Championships, and I'm in it to win it, and I think I can win it. Potentially, just looking at the draw, could be a bit of an East Midlands derby, uh, couldn't it? Is Jamie Caven might be uh, might be coming your way? That'd be an interesting tie. It will be, like you say. I mean, J- Jamie, he's played obviously he's playing one of the qualifiers, you know. And whether the quali- whether, whichever qualifier wins, obviously they're going to play a big name in Jamie Caven, or they're going to be up for it. But obviously on paper, Jamie's a massive favourite to go through. But like you say, I- I- I'm through, you know. And if if it's Jamie or if it's a qualifier, then so be it. You know, I- I'm through the next round, and whoever play it is I'll be, I'll be preparing myself and I'll be ready for wherever I play. <laughs> yeah well, to say the least I'll say um, like I said before you know the 1-6-1 at the end was nice it was the best shot of the match I think I think we had we had four 180s apiece in the uh, in the four sets the averages weren't the best but like I said I'm absolutely drained my blood sugar's down and I, I need to go and you know do my thing but at 5-5 five, five, uh, at, at the fifth set at 2-2 two, two, I think um I think he'd have probably had me, and he, he was throwing well, he had nothing to lose, and he, it was all good, you know, so... so is, it, is it sometimes quite difficult coming into the Labbrooks.com World Championship and getting one of these qualifiers, perhaps unknown quantity, nothing mm. to lose, yeah. and he, he had a great confidence boost in winning yeah, yeah. the prelim round, played some good stuff. Definitely. Is it quite difficult going up there and facing a guy like that? I think, to be honest, um, you know, last year I drew Gary Anderson, it was my first time as a, as a seed, and I drew Gary, so I knew what to expect. Now, coming here tonight, I didn't know who I was going to play. That's one thing. And then I did, you know, I, I tried not to watch the prelim game, but he did throw quite well. And I thought, you know, I've got to be alert and ready for him because, you know, we had a bit of a chinwag earlier on. And, and you know, he's a, he's a good old boy. He's staying local to me, so I think we're going to have a, have a practice together over the next couple of weeks. But he, uh, he certainly knows his stuff and he, he got nothing to lose there. He had a lot of the crowd of what were left on his side. Um, but like you know, like you say, it's hard to judge, you know, and, and, and sort of prepare. And a lot of the qualifiers that have played in this event have been pretty good. You know, Pearl Larson beat John Park, and the others have put a good show on. You know, really. So it's probably the first time I've cheered at getting a, a qualifier. But they're an unknown quantity, like you say, and, and, and he played great. And fair play to him. He's a, he's a good old man. And, yeah, he's got a good future, I think. So he's staying local to you. So it's all about the East Midlands for you, isn't it? Colin Osborne next as well. Yeah, I think so. We were laughing and joking about it because, like I say, he's staying in Derby and um, we were having a bit of a giggle um, that we could play it in Derby. You know, Derby's the new Stoke, so <laughs> so people say Andy Hamilton's moved to Derby now as well. And I'm just happy to win. It's nice to, to get the winning feeling back and I certainly had the desire to win, but the um, you know probably the, uh, the darts didn't show... 
that I was, you know, up for it as such. But I'm, I'm happy to get through, and I really, really wanted to win. Maybe I wanted it too much, and um, but the good thing is we're playing, Colin. You know, we know each other really well. We know what to expect of each other, and we're on first, so I can prepare to play at ten past one rather than five to eleven, being quarter past eleven or whatever time it was. So I can prepare and get myself ready for when we're on. So uh, I'm looking forward to it already. I'm going to have a good Christmas now, anyway. Fantastic. So you got a little bit of break just finally. If you do get, you know, get your break sorted, as you say you've got a, a better time slot mm. for your next match. Yeah. I mean, how how far is good in, in this tournament is good enough for you for your own targets? To be honest with you, I don't try to set a target because um, if you have a good tournament as such, you know, and then in two years' time you go defend that. But the way it's been going over the last couple of years, I've had I've had a good solid, you know, couple of years really, and. Um, so I've not had a lot to defend in one hit, so to speak. So I'd like to just try and get as far as I can. I'm not going to try and say I'm going to get to the quarters or the semis or, or whatever, but I'd like to try and... Um, I'm, I'm going to concentrate on getting my diabetes level for when I play. Obviously, it's really difficult. You can never judge it, but I'm going to try and get it right. And, um, you know, if it's good enough, I'll win. If it's not, I won't. But, you know, if I lose in the next game to Colin, you know, Colin's a better player on the day, but... I think I'm going to be ten times better than that when we play next week. Barry Bates and Kevin McDyne were scratching their heads as both missed a stack of doubles in their first round match. McDyne won 3-1, but it was far from a classic. Luckiest guy this year, I tell you that. I've never seen a, uh, such a bad game and get through, especially at the World Championships. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Labrooks.com World Championship, you've had a great run here last year, last 16, and you must think, I'll produce my best stuff for the big ones here, I'll, I'll turn it on. Normally, um, I, honest to God, I don't know what happened. Um, I, I went up there, I felt confident and I felt relaxed. And when I got up there, I started snatching darts and started pulling them. And I don't know if that was the pressure or not, because be, to be fair, I never really get any pressure. I, I just play my own game. So I don't know if the pressure's kicked in or what, I don't know. It must have been a very strange experience. I mean, it's all you and Barry sort of just shaking your heads in disbelief and almost joking around between the pair of you because you couldn't buy a double and it wasn't just missing it was missing by a long old way wasn't it well when he, when he needed 120 in that uh, last set and when he hit the big five going for double top I went what on earth so, uh, what, what's happening here because I was missing darts doubles by miles and uh, I, I mean I don't think I've ever missed darts doubles that far and when I clocked out the 120 for the match I actually said to myself how did it go in because I, I thought I'd snatched or pulled at it and I said that's nowhere near and it went in. So, um, touch wood, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got to somehow get rid of that performance and, and find your best stuff shortly because we all know it could be coming up. Well, that's right. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, I haven't been feeling the greatest. <laughs> I never do at the Worlds for some reason. Oh, uh, some Somebody, I'm sure, has got a jinx on us. But it's normally after the first round. So I've scraped through the first round. So hopefully I'll feel great for the second round and can get on hopefully 100% better than what I've done. It's going to need to be, isn't it? Because uh, if I'm right, it'll be uh, it'll be Barney more than likely, won't it? Everybody, well, I say so as myself. I mean, I know Steve can play good darts, but uh, realistically, Barney's probably playing back to what he is. So, aye, yeah, definitely. Is that... You know when you see that you could meet him in the second round, do you... 
do you think that is a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, it, everybody likes to play the big players in the big stage, but presumably you'd like to, you'd prefer to meet them a little later in the tournament, perhaps a slightly easier game. Well, I, um, but the first round's the hard round. Um, it, it gets you into it. Uh, second round, third round, obviously, you're gonna, you, you know you're going to draw these top players, uh, likes of Barnavel, Whitlock, Taylor. Uh, so realistically, you've got to just knock that on the head and forget who you're playing, really, and, and get on with the job, try to win. Thanks for joining us here at On The Wire, the official podcast of the PDC. We hope you've enjoyed the news and interviews from the Ladbrokes.com World Championship from Alexandra Palace. We'll be back after Christmas with more from this championship. But until then, from myself, Rod Studd, have a happy Christmas and thanks for joining us.